and I declare by faith that my life and the life of those around me will be changed by the word. Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'll go into a holding pattern for a couple of minutes. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about the matter of getting our ours, ours together. R, not A-R-E, R as in the letter. Putting and getting our ours together in terms of the kingdom. Um, you see, there's, there's a lot of religion without the second R, relationships. When religion does what religion does without relationships, religion only kills and never brings life. Because religion becomes a weapon of darkness. Because God is not a religion. He's a relationship. Does that make sense? So, so when, when there's a lot of religion, relationships seems to be controlled by religion and not relationships. Now, it doesn't mean that religious rules and the Bible as we call them, but the rules of the Bible are all relational. Everything in the Bible is about a relationship. One, with God, and two, with others. And so today we're going to talk about the restoring of our ours into our religion and bringing in relationship. When Jesus started out his ministry, and you know as you've been reading your Bible, he started out his ministry and John was in prison. What we're going to read here in just a minute in the Gospel of John chapter 1, we're going to read about Jesus and his impact, the impact of his faith and religion on John's religion, okay? And uh, at the start of Jesus' ministry, John was in prison, if you'll remember, if you've been reading your Bible, John ended up in prison because he basically took religion and threw it at Herod without any sense of relationship on John's part to try to minister religion or faith and beliefs. And so when, he, when John went hard after King Herod, Herod went hard after John. And John found himself in prison. Because when John shared his beliefs with Herod, they were not in the context of a relationship. They were in the context of a self-righteous beating. Now, I'm not putting John down. I'm just telling you the facts. If you read it, you understand. And so at the start of Jesus' ministry, John ends up in prison, like I've mentioned, uh, with Herod. And something doesn't seem to be right to John. You, you, you remember John was a cousin of Jesus. They were family members. They knew one another. They grew up together. And so John hears all this noise about Jesus, and, uh, and John's in prison. And he writes a letter, and he, he doesn't know what Jesus is doing. He's, he's, he's bothered by what Jesus is doing because Jesus is now doing religion with a relationship. He was 
treating people at a relational level, even people Jesus didn't know. He treated people, he made people that didn't know him. When he met them, he made them comfortable because he treated people in a relational manner. Jesus led with a desire for a relationship and then brought his faith, his religion. And the problem that John was having was that he grew up in the Old Testament religion. You don't like us? In the Old Testament, you followed the scriptures or you died. In other words, if you weren't a believer, you were a what? An enemy. And so now you're either for God or you're automatically the enemy and you hate God, which may or may not be the case. And so John was so steeped in religion that John, John finds out that um, Jesus, his cousin, is out doing ministry. And it's bothering John because Jesus isn't doing it right. Are you with me? You got it? And so he's a bit upset, as you'll see, and, and because Jesus is, you know, John is a hardcore guy. You, you know how John dressed? He, he wore a camel's hair tunic, a tunic, you know, one of those things. Camel hair tunic. Sounds like a rash to me, okay? And the, many of the, the, the scholars believe that John, for emphasis, wore it inside out as some kind of religious manner in which he would control himself and bring himself into submission, be it the case or not. But the problem is, is that John's now having a problem with Jesus because Jesus isn't towing the line of religion. Jesus is bringing into his faith system who he is, relationships with people. And he's treating people in a very relational way that he doesn't even know. Jesus had a manner in which he could walk into a crowd of people he didn't even know and make everybody feel like he knew them. And that was the mystery of the difference between having the R of religion and not having the R of relationship. So the point is getting our R's together. Bringing our relational principles into our religious faith. That's what empowered Jesus. And that's what the person of the Holy Spirit is about. Jesus said, I'm going to give you my comforter. What, did, what was a comforter? A comforter was, a, was, it was called a paraclete in the original Greek, which meant an attorney. What was the attorney doing? The, the Holy Spirit, now forgive me, I'm going to try to overly humanize Jesus, but the Holy Spirit whispers to John, I mean, to Jesus, do this. Okay, now do this. Jesus openly said he was following the person of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was his counselor, his guide. To go, okay, go over and do this. Okay, go over. How many people did Jesus go up to being considered a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, a teacher? How many times did Jesus go up and connect with people that religion would never have connected to? 
Jesus walks right up to lepers. It's like, whoa, 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 time, 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 wait a minute. What, what's going on here? It's because Jesus brought relationships into faith and how people were treated. And Jesus, um, in uh, Matthew 3, 14, it says, And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and they eat locusts and wild honey. And Jesus comes, and he's not doing any of that. Jesus is wearing a nice tunic. It was so nice, it was so beautiful, that when the guards were getting ready to crucify him, they cast lots for the, the, the expensive, beautiful garment he wore. So Jesus comes, and he's not, he's not, he doesn't look like John. He doesn't act like John. He doesn't feel like John. You know why? Because he's not John. Because John had a hard time with relationships. John was simply an Old Testament pattern. Now, we love the Old Testament, but the Old Testament's a hard book. Because in the Old Testament, get it wrong, you die. Okay? There's only one response. Move on. Right? That's a tough book. Because when you deal with religion, religion is hard. It's pressing. It's obligatory. You will do it right and get it right or pay the price. Because that's the only thing that was going to work. Until Jesus came. And that's why the Old Testament is so brutal. So many people go, that was a bloody book. And it was. And it is. But you understand that when Jesus came, he came to bring relationships into religion. I don't like the word religion, but we'll use it for the sake today. Religion being what we believe and what we actually believe about God and how we think about him. So uh, Jesus patterned relationship and religion and faith. And that's what we're going to look at today real quick for a few moments because God knows we need some relationships in a world that's spinning out of control. It's like it, 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 the line is being drawn between the church and the world. And the world, I'm going to say something, you might not agree with me, but you've been wrong before. <laughs> Just loving you. There's a line being drawn, and while the world won't cross over our way, we're going theirs. Because we have a faith and we understand that the one we follow, Jesus, invaded the worldly system with relationships. He invaded the world of darkness. I'm not talking about Luciferian and demonic issues. Jesus invaded the world system with a love that the Jewish Old Testament religion couldn't produce. Not because it was wrong. That's not a put down. But the truth is, is that Jesus came to bring the power of relationships with other people that don't necessarily agree with us without compromise. Be very careful now. 
that we can walk in love with others who don't like us or even hate us. You say, well, how can that be? Follow Jesus. Jesus learned to love even those who hated him. And he wasn't afraid to love people he didn't know. And he wasn't afraid to pour out his heart and his passion and his feeling and his emotion and his desire on people who wanted nothing to do with him, who in fact hated him. Because something about his desire for relationship, when Jesus came into the world, the problem that John had with Jesus is Jesus wasn't religious enough. And if you read this story, which we're going to read, you read this and you see what's going on. John was having a problem with Jesus because Jesus was just too nice. Oh, I can hear some religious heads spinning. What do you mean Jesus was too nice? Okay. So watch what happens. Let's pick it up in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's the Messiah. Listen to what he says. This is he of whom I said, After me comes the man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. He's talking about the Messiah. He says, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit. Now watch what he's going to say. I saw the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descend upon Jesus, him, from heaven like a dove and remain upon him. Now, why is that important? Because John was told ahead of time, early on, by the Holy Spirit, you will know the Messiah when you are one day baptizing somebody and you'll see the Holy Spirit as a dove in the middle of that baptism settle on that person. You'll know that's the Messiah. Are you with me? That's so John's looking for that. So watch what happens. Verse 20, 32. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending upon him from heaven like a dove and remain upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, that's God, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have sent, seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John figured it out. John said, I cannot imagine this, but my cousin that I grew up with is God. Come on, man, wrap your brain about what John was having to deal with. But John copes with it, okay? Now watch, this is important because, you see, John was struggling with who Jesus was and how he was acting. We're going to see here in this story in just a minute that Jesus was doing things so unbiblical in Old Testament terms, okay? Early in in John's ministry, he, he understood, but John has no doubt that at the baptism of Jesus, he is who he is. And at the baptism, John sees the, the Holy Spirit descend upon him. But John is so stuck in religion that he can't handle the fact that Jesus brought faith with relationships. He was struggling with the fact 
that Jesus was treating mean, ugly, nasty, unrighteous, self-righteous people with respect. How does that work? And you see all through Jesus' life and ministry that he treated people who hated him, he treated them with love. And this was really burning up in John's life because John was an Old Testament individual who didn't understand grace, who didn't understand kindness. All he understood was do it or else, which was necessary up to this point. But now here's what happens. After Jesus' baptism, Jesus, you know, John goes, wow, man, I can't believe it, man. I grew up with this dude. He's my cousin. He's the Messiah. This is incredible. I'm going to be as close as anybody else is. We are mano, we mano, we're friends. So John baptizes Jesus, sees this happen, and figures, here it comes. This is it. We're, gonna, we're about to have a revival. God's going to do something insane. This is going to be incredible. And Jesus disappears. John's going, wait, dude, where, 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 where are you? John ends up in prison going, where are you? What John didn't know was that Jesus was in the wilderness. He'd been sent there by God to go into the wilderness, to go through the temptation, so he could come out of, now i got to be careful, theologically get myself in trouble, so he could come out beyond Old Testament religion and bring New Testament love. And it didn't sit well with the religious because if you treat people who are not following the rules and you treat them with respect and love, something's wrong with you. Because that wasn't the way it went in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you move it or you lose it. That was it. Pretty brutal. Now, I know there was love and there was compassion and everything's going on in the New Testament. But now John is stuck. He's stuck in the fact that Jesus isn't following the religious rules. He's out kissing babies. He, he's out kneeling in the dirt with a woman caught in adultery. And he, 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 he's going places the average really good rabbi would never go. And he's treating people with an incredible respect. Like I said, he's kissing babies. He's, he's, he, he, he makes wine at a wedding. What is he, a drunk? Right? Well, what does he do? He, he kisses babies, makes wine. He touches lepers. You don't touch lepers. Makes you unclean, physically, and 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 he and and he kneels down with, like I said, with the prostitute and writes in the dirt the woman caught in adultery. And nobody can figure this guy out because he's not following the rules. Because the rules that they were following at the time had no true power to love people beyond who they really are, and to see them how God sees them. 
The problem John was having with Jesus was Jesus was just too nice. And so we're going to see that in the story and, and at, John's, uh, at John's point of practically rejecting Jesus. Matter of fact, he sends a letter from prison. He goes, what does he say in the letter? He says, basically, Jesus knows why he's upset. John sends a letter and says, are you really the one? John, why are you writing the letter and asking that question? The Holy Ghost told you when the Holy Ghost fell on somebody in a water baptism, that was the Messiah. Why are you questioning Jesus? Because you doubt him because he's not acting religious. He's brought a faith and a love and a compassion to God's Word because God's Word isn't a religion. It's a relationship. And, and, and John is just beside himself in this whole thing. And so here we have the contradiction between religion and relationship. And that's why we say getting our R's together. Getting our religion connected to our relationship. Okay? And we understand that. So pick it up. You got your Bibles with you? Watch this. It's going to get hairy. Verse 35. And again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looked at Jesus as he walked, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. He said, Look, here comes the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him speak, and they, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, seeing uh, them following, said to them, What do you seek? Okay. They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, we translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and they saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. Time, hold on just a minute. Rabbis didn't do that. He didn't walk up to a rabbi and rabbi, why don't you come on with me? Because what had happened to the rabbinical rule and the pastoral position was that now the rabbi and the pastor was better than the teacher. And here's the ultimate rabbi, Jesus. And he is breaking all the rules. He's showing up. Listen to what he says. Uh, verse 40. And one of the two heard John speak and followed him, and Andrew, Simon, his brother, and his... Uh, uh, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated the stone. So Jesus starts building a relationship with somebody he doesn't even know. And you can almost imagine John standing there going, uh, Excuse me, you don't even know this guy? What are you doing? Pick it up. Watch verse 43. Uh, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. Now, the following day, what did Jesus say to this guy? Come on, you come on. Come on with us. Where? Come on home. Sit down. Spend some time. I can almost imagine John's head spinning on his shoulders going, you don't even know the guy. You don't even know the guy. And you're going to take him home. Watch what happened. And the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. And Philip was from Bethesda, the city of 
Andrew and Peter, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and in the law and all the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now watch. Stay with me now. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Him? Huh? Can any good thing come out of him? Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What is he doing? He doesn't even know the guy. And he says, This guy has no deceit. You can almost imagine John's head spinning on his shoulders. What are you doing? You're giving him credibility. You don't even know. You don't know how he is. You don't know if he's following the rules. What's Jesus doing? He's just showing his faith. That's all he's doing. Man, it's getting quiet in here. Okay. And Jesus answered and said, Before before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus said, uh, Listen, I saw you under the fig tree. You were standing there, foot up, leaning against the fig tree, questioning all this religious garbage that you can't figure out because it has no relationship in it. I'm sorry, I didn't. I I have to back up. I got to breathe this. Not gar- it wasn't garbage. It was just religious rules. It was the word of God, but it was the religious world rules. And so he says, "I saw." He says, I, "Nathaniel, I saw you standing under the tree. You had your foot up." You know what happens? Verse forty-nine. And Nathaniel answered and said unto him, "Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel." Wow, why would he just flip? Why would he all of a sudden, all of a sudden, look at Jesus, the standard rabbi, which most people didn't like because they were self-righteous and judgmental. Nathaniel says, watch verse 49 again. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. (laughs) He just goes, mono e mono, all the other way. Now, listen to Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, that you now believe? He goes, wait a minute, what do you, what do you, you know, you, you believe because of that? Watch what he says. You will see greater things than these. And he said, most assuredly, I say unto you, hereafter, you will see heaven open and the angels ascending and descending. What Jesus basically does is he brings love and relationships in the religion. Treating people with respect even when you didn't know them or know their story. That's what alarmed John, and that's what alarmed all of the other rabbis because Jesus found a way to touch people they wouldn't. Because religion puts a box around people and says, live inside our box and we'll relate to you. Live outside our box, and we will judge you. And we will judge you by how you look, how you walk, how you talk. Now, if you're spewing unrighteousness and injustice. But Jesus looked at people like Nathaniel and saw through the religion and into the heart. And he brought a love and a respect. Jesus is now out kissing babies. 
kneeling with prostitutes? Like I said, making, making wine at a wedding? Touching lepers? Showing simple, loving respect. I know we, we, we come to church and we want to learn something that is, that is, that, that, that is deep and, and, and reflective and causes us to go away going, oh, wow. When sometimes, if not all the time, the most powerful part is how to treat people with, with respect. Even when they hate you. Even when they don't love you. Even when they don't respect you. You treat people. Man, I, you know one of my favorite places? <laughs> the Stater Brothers. I love Stater Brothers. People are vulnerable at Stater Brothers. <laughs> and my favorite place, you've heard me talk about it before, is in line. Because when... When you're in a, particularly a long line, when you're in a long line, people are captive. And they're alarmed, they're alarmed when they're so busy looking and putting their stuff on the thing and the thing's moving and loom loose. And, and then you're all standing there and all your stuff's on the thing and they're bagging the stuff and they're checking everything. And, 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 and I love doing, st I love doing stuff like, like matter of fact, this last week, I was in Stater Brothers, and I was in. I only had a few lines, a few few items, but there's this guy that comes up behind me, and so I'm making room for him, you know, and he's loading all this stuff, and he has a package of ham hocks. Now, I don't know if you know what ham hocks are. We'll talk about it later. I, I can't talk about it very long. I'll start drooling. Okay, um, but but I, I looked at the ham, ham hocks. I thought that's my in. That's my in. So I looked at him, and I little, little, I said, do you know what those are? Like, he's an idiot. He goes, well, yeah. I said, have you had them before? He goes, yeah. I said, do you, do you, you're going to go home and cook them this weekend? He goes, of course. I said, where do you live? <laughs> he looked at me kind of funny, like, what do you mean, where do I live? I says, I'm coming over. <laughs> I love ham hocks. Ham hocks and beans? He goes, yeah, ham hocks and beans, man. The guy lights up. He's big. I said, got him. <laughs> I got him. And so I said, are you having a bunch of people over? He goes, nah, nah, just my wife and myself, and we're just going to enjoy our ham hocks and beans. I said, then there must be room at the table for me. There must be. And he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of loosening up. And I said, what are you doing this weekend? And he said, what do you mean? I said, oh, well, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving weekend. You, you going to church any place? He goes, well, no, probably not, you know. I said, are you, are, are you Christian? Do you go to church? And he goes, he's kind of like looking at me kind of. Before we get to the conversation, uh, get to, in, too deep into this conversation, I catch the checker. Checking. I don't know how they do it. And listening. And the next thing you know, I got the people behind him listening. All because all you need to do is treat people with respect. 
You don't have to whip out your 46-pound Bible. <laughs> right? And you don't have to quote any scriptures. All you have to do is love people. And particularly the people that are not being loved and not being shown respect. Because there's this tendency as Christians, I know we do, and I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying, I, I, I want to enter this next year with a hunger to get into the lives of people that don't go to church. And that will probably never go to church until somebody takes church to them. And John the Baptist had a hard time with Jesus because Jesus was out making more wine at weddings, kissing babies, hanging out with people the religious wouldn't hang out because Jesus had his R's together. His religion and his relationships with people is what won people. You were one to Jesus. Hang on, brother. Hang on. I'm not going this side. Um, <laughs> because because I gotta I gotta tell you, I can't help it. I can see him out of the corner of my eye. Um, but it's about relationships. Because we get our panties in a wad when somebody doesn't follow all the rules. You don't even follow all the rules. And yet, it's about a relationship. It's about loving people. It's about being kind to people. It's about striking up a conversation. Well, well, I can hear the religious people saying, well, did you finally nail him? Here's a chick track. Read this. Nothing wrong with tracks. But there's a time and a place where, you know, how many people need those kind of good encounters to find out? Now, I didn't tell them what I did for a living. Because in my opinion, all it would make him think that I was doing my duty. Rather than saying, somebody really does care about you, sir. And, you know, I don't know who else bumped into him that day or will be bumping into him one day. Now, I know what Pastor Susan would have done in that conversation. She would have pulled out her stack of cards and fed him cards, <laughs> which she does all the time. Now, I'm all for that. And I'm not against that. But if you understand that all I want to try to accomplish today, and we're almost done, is to build relationship with people. Just be kind. Just be loving. Say, well, well, what's that going to do? How's that going to advance the kingdom? There is no better time, no better time than now to show love and respect to people in a world that's being ruled by hate. If you take love and respect into a room full of people that are loving and respecting your light will shine, but it won't be very bright. But you take that same love and that same respect into the community, into your neighborhood, into the lives of people around you that don't know Jesus. That's why John was so upset. Jesus was out 
kissing babies, kneeling with the woman caught in adultery, making wine at weddings. Now, don't go out of here and say that that's a place for you to compromise. But you understand that it's about walking the truth in relationship. Everybody, you know, and I know, I'm, I love the Bible. I love teaching out of the Bible. When I listen to CDs and, 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 and uh, teachings and, and uh, on YouTube or whatever the case is, if it's on CD or whatever the case is, and I listen to sermons, I want to be fed. But if I'm going to be fed, I want to be challenged. And if I'm going to be challenged, it's not going to be challenged to be a bigger and better Bob if the bigger and better Bob can't love like Jesus. And I want to ask you right here, right now, who, who in your life has burned you? Who in your life has burned you? Who has hurt you? Who has offended you? Who's talked against you and put you down? That you understand that how we treat people is everything. We're going we're gonna to stand in glory. I know this is maybe not the, everything you came to church to hear on Sunday morning, but we're going to stand in glory one day, and the only thing that we're going to be measured by is love. That's the only thing we're going to be measured by. People say, well, we're going to be measured by the Word of God. This is love. And it's showing respect to people. And if you have been disrespected by religious people, I can tell you that there, there is healing beyond that. If you've been disrespected or wounded or offended by somebody religious, or maybe I'm talking just to one person today, but you grew up in religion, and when you finally did grow up and got out of that religious family, you said, I'm done. You're looking for Jesus. And you're looking for a relationship. And when this finally becomes true, as I finish with this this morning, when this finally becomes true to all of us, myself included, that there is absolutely nothing that the world can throw at us in terms of their hate and their viciousness and their cruelty. There's nothing the world can throw at us that they can defend themselves from genuine love and genuine respect. And I want to say to you and to all of us as we leave here today, I got to tell you, I don't even feel worthy to say this. Can we agree that the only thing that we need more of that's going to change the lives of people around us is respect? that you respect who you are because you respect who he is and you respect how he lived his life. John lost his head because he couldn't get it.
Would you bow your head? If you know the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you this morning, and you know that God wants something from you, and you need to acknowledge that you have a need, and you want Jesus to meet that need inside you, you want to feel the respect, you want to feel the acceptance, you want to feel the love, but you felt more than enough rejection, you've been hurt enough by religion, and now what you need is a relationship. It's a one-on-one relationship with Jesus. If you want that, and you know you need it, please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to come down each aisle. And if that's you, and that's what you want to know, just simply look up. Make eye contact with me. And if I don't see you and you're looking at me, yes, God bless you. Yes, ma'am, God bless you. Yes, ma'am, God bless you. Something of the grace of God to come to you this morning. Is that what you want, ma'am? God bless you. Is that what you want, Pastor? God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you, ma'am. Sir, God bless you, sir. Ma'am, God bless you. Sir, God bless you. I I don't see you. Sir, God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Private blessing. Would you look up, church? Yes, God bless you. You know what? When we go from here today, I know this is not the typical standard message that we're going into a world where typical and standard ain't going to survive. We're going into a world where grace and love and mercy is the only thing that's going to make it. Self-righteousness, religiousness, judgmental, ugly attitudes, prejudiced, that's all, it's all good. You're, you're going to sink in that. But you go into this world knowing that you're going to love no matter how the world treats you. You will then represent your Savior. You and I will make a decision that no matter how the world treats us, we're going to walk in love, we're going to walk in grace. Doesn't mean I'm going to have fun. Doesn't mean we're going to compromise. It just means we know how we're going to act and we're going to act according to the rules of the kingdom. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to take the abuse in our place. I'm excited to be a part of what's going to happen in the coming year. We're only weeks out of this coming year, and as we go, we're going into a community that there are people behind dumpsters that are as lonely and as broken as the wealthy that live on this hill outside. Because wounded, broken people are in every class of society. Take your Jesus into the world you live in and challenge it with God's love. Would you stand? You guys are so quiet. It's pretty sobering, huh?
they say. Are you ready? Huh? Yeah. You know what? When we go out that door, when you not don't turn around right now, but when you, when you go out that door, you read the sign over the door that says you are now entering the mission field. So put your hands up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to go into the world, send us Jesus with a holy boldness, not a, not a self-righteous religious attitude. Give us grace. Give us mercy. Let us find people in every area and walk of life and treat them with the respect they deserve. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We love you.